Welcome to Spartan Up Podcast. You probably want to make the world a better place. We're going to talk to two guys who are showing you how they're making the world a better place. We have Chris Jacobson, founder of Task Force Sentinel, who's now working closely with Operation Enduring Warrior. We've got Pete Tanzilli, one of the incredible athletes. So, you know what, guys? We're really lucky that we get people like this here every week for you. We learn from them. You learn from them. They're high-performing people in all different ways, and we dig into their mindset and figure out what it is that's helping them. Who are we? We're uh, Charlie Brenneman, the Spaniard. Yay. Uh, Happy to be here. He's a guest this week because we don't have Joe. Joe's out on the course somewhere helping run the world championships. And Colonel Nye's helping run the world. Retired Colonel Colonel Nye. Secret mission. He's out there. Yeah, he's doing incredible stuff to help people in so many ways. Um, You help people in a lot of ways, Dr. John. I do my best. You know know one way that I can help you? At the end of this this interview, we're going to come back and we're going to talk about what we learned from it. And um, so stick around, watch the whole interview, and make sure you watch the end because we're going to share some really, really great stuff with you. But we're here Tuesdays. Yeah, for a little bit more of a shorter format, we have um, Dr. Laura who's going to give you tips and tricks to get your mind right. We have uh, on Wednesdays, we have Zach Evanish on Thursdays who gives you quick actionable items you can integrate into your everyday. So uh, I think Joe's trying to get uh, seven days a week something coming into your brain about this. So tune in and um, let's see what these guys have to say. Welcome, Spartans. Colonel Nye here at West Point. Today I'm going to be joined by Chris Thorpe, a founding uh, member, sir. our founder of Task Force Sentinel, sir. which is kind of an offshoot of Operation Enduring Warrior. Yes, sir. And this, um, this interview is part of the series of interviews we're doing here at West Point. So, Chris, by way of background, tell us a little bit about yourself. It's been uh, probably 30 years since I entered into uh, civil service. I started off with low-level nursing, uh, went into EMS, worked as a EMT firefighter for a number for a number okay. of years. I uh, went into paramedic school, dabbled in that, and then I transferred over to law enforcement about 20 years ago. So I've done pretty much civil service, uh, 365, um, carried towards the public for the last 30 right. years. And where are you from? Santa Rosa, California. All right. So so 30 years ago, you get involved in medical training, right? And then you transfer over into the um, police. Yes. So what, what then leads you here? How did, how did you today to Task Force Sentinel? How, how did you merge those backgrounds? I have been in critical incidents in all of those fields, including sure. a civilian incident. And depending upon the uniform I wore at the time, when the incident happened, was I was treated differently. Um, when I was doing nursing and I had somebody pass away, I was responsible for cleaning the body before the mortician came in and dealing with the family. Uh, with EMS, we'd run three code blues back to back to back in the night and just go th- go through it. Uh, with the fire, we'd run a code blue and there'd be cake and pie at back at the station before right. we even returned. For law enforcement, if I had somebody pass away in my custody, I had a lawyer and a microphone because it went to an IA and there was investigations. And then as a civilian, I had a, a critical incident that involved a number of people actually burning to death in a car and I got an award. So the issue for me was the treatment towards me based upon the incident wasn't about me. It was about my uniform and my duties at the time, yet the core denominator was me. And my integrity and who I was internally and every action I had was the same. Was the same. Correct. Yet it was questioned based upon my role of the time. Sure. So a couple years ago... Um, July 7th, 2016, we had the five Dallas officers who were assassinated, right? So I'm sitting at work watching this on TV, struggling with it. So I created a patch because I had kind of just gotten involved in GORUCK and that kind of stuff for the Dallas family. 
and sold the patch off, got some funds and sent the funds to the family. And it kind of sparked something. And it wasn't very shortly thereafter, I created a thin blue line patch that simply said thank you on it. And I traveled from North Carolina back to California and I stopped at every law enforcement officer and agency I could find and handed them out to say thank you. Sure. And what I found was guys did not deal with it well. And I, I had been thanked they, myself. In they, the they, they didn't deal with being thanked? No. no. I approached them politely, explained what I was, who, what I was doing. I identified myself across the board and even said, I'm here as a civilian to say thank you. Even though we're simpatico and we're, you know, we're, we're like-minded, right. I'm here as a civilian because my family is still out there. And you're serving my family and me if I need help. Thank you. And a lot of guys would pick it up and flip it in their fingers, look at it, look at me. And it would take them a while to process what was happening. And then they would either put it in their pocket and walk on, or they would say thank you, and we'd have a conversation. But it was very, very far and few between where they were right off the bat understood what was happening. I, I know from my military background, when people would say, when people do say, and, and thank you for your service. Right. And, and, and obviously that is well intended and it, it is from the very best places of their heart, if you will. But it does. It always, it makes it, it, well, one, it humbles you when somebody says that to you, but it makes you a little uncomfortable and it's hard and you don't really know how to respond. You know, Um, I I learned to say, well, thank you for your support. So I think that's a, that's a good, uh, but, but it always does kind of take you back a little But For me, kind of the, well, I'm in the service. I am in the service of the nation or the service of this community. So it it takes, you know, this is what I chose to do. So I, I get the, kind of their reticence, maybe. I guess we need to just start here even more basically, because I don't know, for people listening, um, or people who haven't attended a Spartan race, Operation Enduring Warriors, which you have on your, your chest right. right now, What what is that? I mean, I know what it is, right. but explain a little bit. So uh, for Operation Enduring Warrior, they were the veterans organization that reaches out to these guys, gets them, empowers, motivates, honors, gets them out onto the course, gets them through the challenges so the guys that have been wounded face these challenges, get through and realize that they can they can still face the challenges of life and move on and move 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 forward. Right. And it's not about letting your situation dictate things. It's you taking control and realizing, hey, I can get through this and then moving on and then spreading that seed towards everybody else that's out there with the with the veterans. And what had happened with Task Force Sentinel was I had the issue with the, the law enforcement. I, and, I, and I had expanded the patches to include firefighters, military, EMS, nurses. And I wanted something interactive. And I, I reached out to OEW about what could be done for law enforcement and basically said, hey, I love what you guys do for the veterans. I think this is sorely needed in the law enforcement community. Can I emulate you? And we chatted, and they right. said, yeah, sure, fine, you can go, go ahead, and we'll even, you know, kind of help you along, and then uh, kind of went by the wayside just a little bit, and I started getting phone calls, and they came back and said, hey, we'd actually like to take this on. Task Force Sentinel, then, is a fully integrated into integrated. operation, so it's a, a subset, if you will? The law enforcement counterpart to their yeah. veterans organization, okay. and it, everything that is available to the veterans is now available to law enforcement right. through, uh, through uh, Operation Enduring Warrior. Well, again, for people who haven't seen these guys out on a course, on our Spartan courses, it is hard enough to show up at a course and run and do the obstacles. Um, Operation Enduring Warrior, you have to earn that mask, yes, right? You There's do. a whole yes. series of events. 
and our races are part of that. And they show up fully kitted up. Okay. They've got, they wear their, what we call pro mask, but most of you would know it as a gas mask. And they wear it the entire time. Right. And you're, you're not allowed to break the seal, right, uh, mm -hmm. until you're done with the race. Right. And, of course, some of our aces are 13 miles, and yes. uh, they're in the heat. They're in the heat. Um, and so not only are these guys showing up uh, physically challenged, they then add these burdens on top of themselves right. to prove what can be done and kind of take on yeah. those burdens, right? They're, they're, they are the living embodiment uh, of resilience and courage and facing those challenges. And everybody is held to an extremely high standard and there is no deviation from that standard whatsoever to, so that people can look at and say, hey, look, this, this is what we do, this, this is what's possible. It's, it looks like from the reach out I've had thus far building up to today, uh, I'm getting feedback from law enforcement that this is exactly what they've been looking for, exactly what they needed. The Spartan part of it, right? the, the race, but it's the community, it's, it's, community. it's in, in the, uh, the support aspect. Yeah. That's really, that's exactly that's, what it's about. That's really what it's about, right? Mm -hmm. Obviously you guys, uh, both OEW and then Task Force Sentinel are about overcoming life's challenges, if you will. Mm -hmm. So you've had to learn a lot or your team members have had mm -hmm. to learn a lot. So just kind of share some of those tidbits about how do you, how do you get from here in that low moment uh, when after maybe you've been shot or something or, or paralyzed to to be racing over a wall? I mean, what what are the what are the lessons we can take from that? You know, in my life, in my, every adversity that I, I there's always been that dark moment where I'm 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 done. I want out. Right. And I've always found that just one more step usually starts to clear. And it, it's not, it's the hardest step to take. Right. It's that one moment where like, I just want to go, I'm going to go, I'm out, I'm finished, whatever it is. And then something happens and, and I don't know if it's a conscious decision, I don't know if it's a moral decision, I don't even know if it's a genetic aspect. Pre yeah, predetermined. Right, right. but who's, it's like, got okay, it, stay, yeah. and then stay again, and then stay again, and stay again, and all of a sudden the, the positive steps compound, the victories compound, and I might look where I'm at at the moment and feel that I'm still in it, but I can turn around to look and see where I've been. And then suddenly I'm looking down and not looking up. Right, well, as, as you were talking about, I was thinking it's like advancing, hold ground. Right. See, see if I'm steady I'm here, okay. I'm okay. advance again. I'm okay. And then as you advance, 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 you become quicker and quicker and quicker. Right. Uh, Spartan and my, our boss, Joe DeSena, the term he uses is obstacle immunity. Mm -hmm. The more challenges you face and overcome, the more you can, because you've got that bank of knowledge, uh, not only the physical knowledge, but the mental knowledge that, hey, I, I can succeed. I, I can endure I can this, this right. I can do this. Yeah, I would say most of my challenges personally have been more emotional and mental, sure. not the physical. I've, I've had to deal with a number of challenges and currently am in my life. And every time I get to that point, I'm like, no, nope, not today. Maybe tomorrow, yeah. but not today, not right now. Stand firm. Right. And then you're right, the, yeah. the, the, the uh, obstacle immunity. All right, so take one step at a time. Mm -hmm. Don't kind of quit. What else? No. Uh, for me personally, on a personal note, I have reach out. Knock on a door. I mean, there's a fine line, um, and I've told a lot of people that I've dealt with in, um, through my years in law enforcement, the guys that are challenging, hey, there's a difference between pounding and knocking. I'm here today doing this, and we're launching this program just because I said I had an idea. Yeah. And somebody said, hey, that's an awesome idea. Let's do it. Yeah, But it's got to be good to see it coming through fruition as it well. Feel, right? It feels nice. 
but it's not but, about me. Right. There's a bigger goal. Right. There's here. a. There's. It's not about me. Uh, this is. This is great. Thank you very much. I'm glad. I am hyper appreciative to OEW for giving us the opportunity to do this for our fellow officers. But it's. I mean, this, the very, that one small action of a phone call opened up a door nationwide that is going to allow us to help thousands of officers, their families, their children. It's going to join us with the military in a way that we haven't. Every single time you guys suit up and go out in a car, you really don't know what's going to take place. Don't and move. I just kind of, having deployed a few times, you know, you kind of gear up for that and you get mentally ready for that. I can only imagine the stressors that is to do it repetitively okay. day in and day out. And this was a conversation I had with a veteran is when you guys deploy and you come home, there's that cooling off period. Right. That's our drive home. Yeah. So we do that every day. I have to gear up every morning, prep my mind for what's happening, and then I have to come home and take the shield down. And that is that was a difficult challenge. It's, it's, it's got to be. I would many times impossible. come. I, many times I would come home and I'd hit the door, and I have to deal with the issues of the day with the family. Uh, the kids have Call of Duty on at level 20, right. 100 plus, so it sounds like a war zone. Um, my wife's hitting me at the door. Sometimes she just wants a kiss to say hello. I'm glad you're home. Which you know, that's well, what everybody wants. You are a good-looking man. No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Um, or sometimes she wanted to talk about something. But there were times when I, I hate to admit it, I flat out lied and said, "Hey, I just got in a tussle with somebody that's not too icky, yeah. or not too not too clean. Right. Let me run in the shower." Right. Yeah. and give me 20 minutes well, so I could drop my shield right. so I didn't have to worry about what was coming at me. Well, there, there's there's the whole mental so, aspect, yeah. that, the physical aspect, the mental of getting the, your, your adrenaline I gotta get it pumped, down. Pumped, yeah. pumped, down, up, down, up, up down, down, up, down, so. yeah. And she doesn't deserve that. The children don't deserve that. My family and friends don't deserve that amped up me that is ready for the fight just because she said I forgot to pick up the mail. Yeah. So. Or something small, minor happened, but I would have a trouble dealing with it, and I still do, even to this day. I retired recently, uh, predominantly to to move this project forward, um, but I still I had trouble with a long time, and I, I've talked to a lot of officers. They have the same problems. And so, who are we bringing up next? Uh, Mr. Peter Tenzelli. Okay. And he was an officer that was wounded in the line of duty, um, shot. I believe through the pelvis and had some, he, it was it was a career ending moment for him. Sure. And he's, uh, that was a, two years ago prior, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, and he, he's getting through it. He's doing, he's doing awesome. Yeah. All right. Well, listen, I, I think this has been a, a wonderful discussion. Thank uh, you. And I, I wish you all the luck in the world. Hey, Spartans. Now, thanks to this interview with Chris, you know a little bit more about the great work that OEW and Task Force Sentinel are doing. So we're going to go back and we're going to talk to one of their athletes who's getting ready to take on his first race after a career-ending injury on the job. His name is Pete Tanzili. But first, I want to introduce you to a new podcast. If you're into trail running, endurance, or you just want to hear some crazy stories from out on the trail, I think you'll love Spartan Trail Talk with Lewis Escobar and Charlie Engel. Here's a little taste of it. Let's do it. Let's introduce ourselves and let's introduce our new podcast. My name is Lewis Escobar. And I'm Charlie Engel. And our new podcast is going to be called Spartan Trail Talk with Lewis and Charlie. And I'm glad to be doing this you know, with you. And I think this podcast is really just a great way for you and I to have some fun to meet some cool people, tell some great stories, and uh, hopefully educate people a bit on some of the tips and maybe training tools that you and I use to 
to basically run really slow, long races right now. <laughs> At least that's what I do. We are going to talk about Spartan and Spartan Trail for sure, but that's not all. We're going to share some of our experiences. We're going to have some exciting guests, and I'm hoping this is going to be a three-way conversation between you, myself, and and the trail running community. Charlie, tell me what it's like to run in Death Valley. Tell me about Badwater from the bottom of the desert to the top of Mount Whitney. You've done it a bunch of times. What's that all about? Man, I love that race. It's my favorite one. My my last time there was 2013 and uh, I ran one of my fastest uh, times ever there. But what really stood out about that one was it was the first time ever that I didn't like vomit my way across all of Death Valley. And that had to do with a, a secret that I learned from my awesome wife about hydration. She was a former pro athlete, and she taught me something, even though I'd been to Badwater six times before. She taught me a secret that made me have the best race and best recovery in Badwater that I've ever had. So that's something I'm going to talk about on, who knows, maybe even our very first official podcast later. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, or really any podcast app, or just go straight to the Spartan website. Uh, the Spartan website for the trail series is really easy. It's just spartan.com backslash en backslash trail, or of course, just Google Spartan Trail and it'll come up for you. That's it for me, Charlie. We're going to do this Spartan Trail Talk with Lewis and Charlie. Yeah, man. I'll talk with you soon. <laughs> All right. So as promised, Spartans, we're here with uh, Pete Tanzelli. Uh, we were just talking uh, with the Task Force Sentinel, and you are one of the... I'm one of the honorees. One of the honorees. Okay, yes. so talk to us a little bit about all of that. So they have the masked athletes that will help the honorees through the course if we need it. Okay. I was approached by uh, Operation Enduring Warrior as they're kicking off this new program, Task right. Force Sentinel. I'm an injured police officer, so that's their kind of focus. Um, so I was approached and asked if I wanted to participate, and and uh, here I am. All right. So so you say you're injured. What's give us a little bit your backstory here? Uh, I was a police officer for several years. Started at 19 in the United States Air Force. Uh, moved to a civilian role in New Mexico, and on March 24th, 2016, I was shot in the line of duty. Um, one time in my left hip. So it fractured my left hip and the bullet is still currently lodged in my lower spine. So the injuries other than some of those minor spinal cord injuries are uh, complex regional pain syndrome from the nerve damage. Some of my nerves were destroyed and I have foot drop in my left foot. So I have to wear- You've got a brace there. Correct, I wear this prosthetic which just helps me walk heel to toe because my foot doesn't work like it used to. So it it won't lift up anymore. All right, so how, how then do you navigate this course? That's a good uh, question. Uh, have you ever done anything like this before? This is my absolute first Spartan race. Um, I'm athletic. I've always been athletic, but I've never been much of a runner. Um, so navigating it, I think, will be a challenge for sure. That's why I'm here. You know, one of the biggest reasons is to challenge myself. You're since, seeking the challenge. Exactly. Um, you know, after going through something like what I went through, there's several months during the recovery, and it's a, it was a long process. I mean, I'm, I, I could technically say I'm still recovering. Sure. But there's a, a, a long time in between where you think you'll never do certain things again. I never thought I'd put a shoe on again on my left foot. Uh, for months, I wore slippers. For months, I only wore sweatpants because it just hurt too much to get dressed. Um, so 
to be in a position where I could even contemplate doing something like this and being successful at it is a huge deal for me. But also knowing that I have those masked athletes within the organization with me uh, to help me if I need it is, I mean, that's ultimately why I said yes to this, because I knew that there would be brothers there uh, to help me get through. Yeah, listen, I, I've been on the courses before and I've seen these guys and I have no doubt that you're going to complete the course. I have no doubt that they're going to make sure you complete the course in in a safe manner and everything else. But I tell you, it is, um, it's inspiring to me and hopefully inspiring to everybody else uh, to to meet a guy like you and to talk to somebody who who has faced these challenges and just said, uh, you know, all right, I'm not going to accept it. I'm going to move out and I'm I'm going to do what I want to do. Right. One of the things that I've wanted to do since getting to a point where I knew I could probably help others was to inspire the ones who might find themselves in the same position as I am or and have been you know in the past it's it's dark moments it's dark you're hopeless everything's over you know I mean I lived through that but I figured you know I'm dead you know to a degree Um, so to get to that point months and months after and into your recovery to think well, I could inspire other people if I just do this one thing, you know, or if I reach out to certain people and talk to them about what they're going through. And now it's become more of a, like I was touching on, the ones who are going to find themselves in this position a year from now. And at that point, I'd be three years into my recovery. Well, look at Pete Tanzilli. He's doing a Spartan race, or he did a Spartan race in West Point last year. Give me six months, and I could probably do that too. I mean, your life isn't over. Um, just because you become disabled or because you get hurt, there's always a process. It's going to be long in a situation like this. Um, but to see me at this point now in my recovery and in my life, surrounded by people I love, um, surrounded by people who share the same mentality as I do, um, they may not understand what I've been through, even if I tell them, but uh, they'll see me out there. And they'll understand, you know, kind of. Well, I think you'll get a big boost when you go out there because everybody who runs on that course helps out as well. Absolutely. But either by cheering or just, uh, you know, doing something motivating. And that's motivating. Yeah, exactly. That's motivation right there. Trying to give you a pat on the back verbally saying, hey, keep going kind of thing. Right. But but it's as you say, you're surrounded by the people you love because community is important. And I know you're talking about the broader community, but your wife is standing over here, Mm -hmm. right? I mean, just, uh, did you did you meet her? I was fascinated. Did you meet her after you were injured, or but you got married after you were injured? I met her about a year before the shooting took place. Uh, we we met and were engaged Quick. within months, so I knew. Yeah, we both, we both knew. And forgive me if I get emotional. No, that's fine. Um, she has, she's an inspiration to me just by herself, but... For somebody to take on that role, being just engaged, you know, um, if there was any question in my mind whether or not she loved me at the time, it was wiped away within moments after I got to the hospital and saw her for that first time. Well, but what I just say is you have to, the caregiver Mm -hmm. is vitally important, right? Your support system to help you come at it. Absolutely. I I know the task force Sentinel is building a support system to help people, but individually it's critical to have those people it is and one of the things i learned in the police academy was family is the most important thing in your life right um you know and don't take that for granted 
And I didn't really realize, you know, at the time I didn't realize kind of what that meant until I went through that because she wasn't there just for the physical stuff. She was there for all my emotional issues, you know, the PTSD, anxiety, depression. She was, and it may sound cliche, but, but the rock. Sure. Because if I had a moment, I had an issue, there was always somebody right there for me to, you know, lean my head against and just get inspiration and, and to motivate myself to, to keep pushing. Well, that's great. Listen, I, I, I wish you all the luck in the Thank world you. today and as you go forward. You know, I appreciate I that. You, just uh, if Spartan can help you out in any way, just let us know. Absolutely. All right. Good luck to you. Thank you, sir. All right. You know, because that was really, really important for me, actually, to watch that. I'm really grateful for Colonel Nye going to West Point and doing that interview because gratitude is something there. Like, you know what? We take this so for granted. You know, we're out there living our lives, and there are people out there in so many capacities taking on such stressful situations. And it's funny, you know, you go up, somebody thanks for your service. You go up, and you, you know, you, you see a cop out there, and uh, as long as you're not giving you a ticket, you thank him. But we don't get, most of us in this sort of civilian world, what they go through and, um, and how hard it really is. And earlier you were talking about the people that we can learn from from, from the Spartan Podcast and so much to learn in, in many capacities. But my favorite part about it in this episode, it, that's a bigger picture as well, is Chris was a normal guy who did a small little thing. He gave a patch of thanks, and then that caught the eye of Operation Enduring Warrior, and then, boom, he's in West Point at the Spartan Race. So it really is just a... Uh, a message to all of us, just do the thing. He, yeah, he talks about taking right. the next step as well. Yeah. Just do the thing because yeah. that will get you started. And I love sure. what he does because it's, um, it's an attitude of gratitude, right? And I think for so many of our public servants, um, we live in a society that's actually rather, I don't know, placent and complacent and lazy in their own self-awareness and training of how to respond in a disaster situation, how to know basic medical um, awareness, first aid. I think there's a lot of things that as a society and a nation and as a culture that we need to teach ourselves and learn so that we don't have to rely so heavily on first responders. But when and if they come, there's such amazing folks that, yeah, do go through a lot of PTSD. And I think it's beautiful that through these shared experiences and just through a symbol and like a shared camaraderie around this patch that they're able to have those conversations and help build community amongst them in appreciation for all that they do. So you used a term there that we interviewed somebody recently who talked about PTSD, and he said, I'm going to call it PTS, because it isn't automatically a disorder. You know, there are people struggling, and, and if we call it a disorder, um, we're saying there's something wrong with them, and there's nothing wrong with them. They've suffered stress. It, this is post-traumatic stress, and they have to deal with it. They have to address it, right? So touching on that, it segues to probably the, the, the thing about the interview that stuck out to me most is that he carried these different titles, uniforms, actual uniforms, as a, as a, a public servant helping other people in, in times of need. And he said that he was treated differently depending on what uniform he was wearing. And touching on what you were talking about, the, the bigger picture, that made me think, whoa. You know, I talked to a lot of military – I talked to a lot of people here this week that – may have suffered an incident or maybe didn't have legs or maybe was burned or something. And it, that reminded me that's not them. Sure. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's a part of them. And Pete Tanzilli, great example of a guy who I wrote something down that he said, he said, I'm not here because of the challenge. 
you know, no, sorry. He said, I'm here because of the challenge. I take that back. He said, I'm here because of the challenge, not in spite of it. So these things that happen in our lives that we think, oh my God, if I get through this, he's like, wow, there's an opportunity here. And everything that happens to you, I'm here because of that, not in spite of that. And it was really neat with Pete also. And I don't know if it was in, I'd love to talk to him and ask him the question. I don't know if it was an intentional decision or maybe like a humanistic thing that just happened. He got hurt. He got shot. And then he said, and the, but, but, and then it automatically turned to, Hey, I can help someone, you know, after suffering, after feeling bad, et cetera, he had this, whatever twinge or misdirection or rather redirection of, Hey, I can help other people. And it's funny when you said automatically, and then you sort of jump back and said, not immediately. And that was really cool. He talked about how important community was to, to help him move forward. And his wife. And his yeah, wife. and his wife. I'm considering her part of his, uh, a core part of his community. But, but this guy who, um, you know, something happened to him, and now he's out there empowering people, and he sees the opportunity to be this incredible force because of this thing that happened to him. But it really took community to get him there. You know, and then, like you say, that switch went. But, you know, we all need help, and we all need community. And one of the Spartan principles is courage. He said, you know, I think Colonel Nye said to him, you're going to finish this race or I don't know how you're going to finish this race. And he kind of alluded to me neither. Yeah, he sure. didn't have any idea how he was going to do yeah. it, but he knew he was going to do it. Yeah. And that's the courage and that's the fear of, yeah. of just go, going. There's a great Ralph Waldo Emerson quote when he says, do the thing, then you have the power. You know, you don't wait until you have the power to do the thing. Um, you know, that was a good friend of mine, Matt Davis, that told me that. And it was that, um, you know, don't wait until you have the power. Don't wait to have it perfect before you do the thing and you're going to have the power. Another thing, um, Jocko Willings or something, I've listened to some of his stuff and I, I've mentioned this before, but whenever something bad would happen, he would say good, right? Because all right, these, these, these bad things um, have happened to these guys and you say good, now this gives you an opportunity to go out and be a mentor and a role model for the world. And it's that, it's that paradigm shift and that um, just you, you take a bad situation and you realize what you can give from it. And in that giving is a lot of the healing process, it seems, for so many of these people that we've talked to. And in a very simple way, and you can edit this out, so you edit it out if you want, but Marion immediately turned a situation we were having and to know into exactly that and to know that we have this opportunity to get boom, zero down. What, was, was, was that uh, my take six? May have been. I don't know. <laughs> but it, but it's, you know, it's really true. Like whoever it is in your life, kind of like zoom out, take a little bit of perspective on what it is that they're actually dealing with in their everyday and yeah. have some appreciation. Yeah. He and talks like, about you not know, change your baseline and understand that people are coming from hard places where they make self-sacrifice for the good of humanity and being a civil servant. And there's a lot to be appreciated there. And oftentimes things going on in the media or not, we can just write it off and, um, say or, or just act hurtfully towards a majority of people who are putting their literally their lives on the line for the good of all of us. So yeah. that that's a beautiful thing. An another great society. quote, and then I want to throw to Charlie is, uh, "Be kind, because everyone is fighting a hard fight, and you don't know what it is." Yeah, and I spoke this week to Brian Dickinson, who's a Navy rescue swimmer and climb Mount Everest, and he's I he was talking to that. I said, "You don't even know these people, and you're jumping into a dark, cold ocean in the middle of the night." And he said, yeah. "Well, that was the mission." Yeah, it's like, for so sure. boom, matter of fact. So, you know, we all have a mission, but these guys have shown us how to take it more seriously and, and, and be better people. So thank you to the task force, honestly. Cheers, guys. Thanks for listening to Spartan Up. And remember, we're here for you. We're your partner in resilience for mind and body. We've got experts almost every day of the week to help you stay on track. And every Tuesday, come back for our interviews. See you next time.